it's funny because um, I was concerned about, you know, I don't know if it happens to anybody else, but sometimes you hear from God and then you're like, is that God? Is that me? Is that, you know, does anybody need to hear this? Um, except for me, maybe it's only me. Maybe I'm only having the problem, right? So I had it, uh, it was about anger for me, which I think is kind of prevalent right now. These days, everybody's angry at everybody, right? And uh, the the ver- first verse I wanted to use is the one that Kalani's used uh, probably like 250 times. I don't know. But uh, it's still good. But I want to start off on that one because um, there's things that are said here that it doesn't mean that. So, so let me read it. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. Here it is. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So, and give no opportunity to the devil. That's 27. So the first part is be angry and do not sin. So it's not saying that sin is, I mean, angry is a sin, right? Being angry is not a sin necessarily, but it just doesn't help you too much. That's why it says don't let the sun go out down in your anger. And then right after that, don't give an opportunity to the, to the devil. So letting the sun go down on your anger gives an opportunity to the devil. I hope you guys are linking that together. And it's an opportunity in yourself. You're not hurting anybody else. Most of the time we're just struggling we're just having a problem because we're angry because we didn't get rid of that anger just give it to God before we went to bed and then we're tossing and turning or having the problems that you know that come with that because because we're camping out in in a bad spot Uh, the next verse is Ecclesiastes 7 through 9 oh I'm supposed to go slow for Matia because she has trouble getting those um, verses quickly so Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Oh, see, I messed it up for my mom too. 7, 9, 7, 9. The first one was Ecclesiastes 4, 26 through 27. I mean, Ephesians. I'm sorry, but mom, sorry. Ephesians. This is Ecclesiastes. Last one's Ephesians. Both of them start with E, guys. Sorry for the confusion. This one, um, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, or for anger lodges in the heart of fools. So getting angry is not a problem, but when you camp out there, when you hang out in anger and you don't let it go, and you then you're starting to have anger lodging in your heart, and that happens to fools. So that means it's a good idea to get rid of that so you're not acting foolishly, right? When uh, Just because you act, especially now in the because Jesus Christ came, we have every good thing in Jesus Christ, so... We don't become fools, but if you act like a fool, a lot of times you get the reward of a fool, right? So you don't want to be acting like something and getting that. I mean, God will still deliver you out when you turn to him and everything, but I just don't like to go there. A lot of times people want to go places and bring back the T-shirt. For me, I'd rather just stay in peace, right? Stay stay calm. A lot of times, too, people, people get so angry about stuff that never actually happened. I don't know if you guys experienced that. Somebody said something to you. But you took it a certain way, and you're upset, and you're having this day, man. And you're you're just going at it with yourself because that's all there is, nobody else around. And then you realize afterwards, oh, they never meant that. You wasted that whole time having that day, chilling with the anger monster or whatever, you know, not doing anything for yourself. Nothing good anyway. Bad things only. Um, when you could be at peace, because that's where God wants you to be, at peace, at rest. He wants you to know that, hey, I got this. When I said I was finished, it was finished. It was. I didn't leave anything behind. I didn't I forget, I didn't forget to 
cross any T's, dot any I's. It's all done. I did it for you. So he wants you to rest in that. And then a lot of people might be concerned with, oh, if I rest, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to accomplish anything. But you know what? Paul said, Paul said, I worked more than them all, but not me, but the grace of God in me. And the reason why is because he got to the place of rest. Like uh, I'm kind of going shotgunning this one, guys. I'm sorry. Like with Mary, Mary and Martha, she rested. Mary did. And Martha was busy with all the housework. And she said, hey, Jesus, why don't you tell her to help me out? I'm, bu- I'm busy with all this. And he said, she picked the better part. She picked the better part to sit at my feet. I'm not going to take it away from her. It doesn't mean that Mary never produced anything. She rested first because all the produce, all the good things you do come from God. Right? And he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we're trying to struggle and get things done in our own strength, it's not only going to cause us um, anxiety in many cases, but we're not going to do it as good as he could do it through us anyway, right? If we just rest in his in his presence. The next verse is Psalms 86, 15. Uh, and yes, that is it. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So this... A lot of people say, okay, you're describing God. What's that going to do with me? Well, he lives inside of you. So you can have all this. You can walk in merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And when you're slow to anger, it's really cool because sometimes the thing that was going to get you angry already passed before you had the opportunity to get angry. And that's awesome because you, were wait- you weren't just jumping on anger, you know. Don't jump on offenses. Uh, anger a lot of times is tied up with offense. I think that um, we, too many times we take offense whether or not somebody gave it. It's up to us to take offense. We don't have to. If somebody's not giving it or if somebody is giving it, why give them the, why give them the opportunity and the power in your life to cause you to, to walk down a road you never want to be on offense and anger when you can just say, you know what, I love you anyway. God's the one who gives me my worth. What you have to say or what you think about me is not going to decide who I am or what I can do or how valuable I am. Jesus decided your value because he said, you know what? You're worth my whole, everything I have. I'll give it all to you. I'll sacrifice my life for you. I'll get beaten to the point where you can't, nobody can recognize me as a human being because I love you. So that's what you're worth to him. The next verse is Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who, he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Folly is kind of an older word, but it just means dumb actions, right? Or like I call dumb, I think is one thing. Dumb is like just being dumb, you know, by accident. But stupid is being dumb on purpose, in my opinion. So I think that that's what happens sometimes is that if you're hasty to anger, you're just being dumb on purpose and you're not, you know, so I just say, don't do it. Don't go there. God has a better uh, way for you. He has a way of peace, joy. And, and the joy of the Lord is your strength because you become mighty and powerful because if nobody can affect you, if nobody can cause you to jump on the roller coaster and ride downhill of emotions, I mean. You know, I'm not talking about real roller coaster. Now. If anybody got freaked out, you don't have to go there. You can, you can stay even keel. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm up now. And every little thing that happens in your life is like, oh, you know, you can just, you can just stay in the peace of the Lord. Um, Proverbs 15, 18, a hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. 
Uh, I think this is very important too because if you read in the New Testament, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. To make peace, you can't be all upset yourself. If you join in, if there's a bunch of craziness going on around you, and you don't, and you decide not to join into hot temperedness, but you're slow to anger, you can quiet down the problem. You can be semi-solution, right? You can be the peacemaker. And blessed are the peacemakers. But if you're hot tempered, you're you're the one who stirs up the problems. Um, you know, drama, drama, baby, mama kind of stuff. You're the one who gets that stuff going, who gets that stuff started because because you got upset. And sometimes there was never even a reason to get there, and unfortunately. Feels like an explosion. Proverbs 29, 22. Um, did I already read that one? No, but it's very similar. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Transgression is, uh, does everybody know what that means? It can, it's, but this is directed towards people most of the time. Causes much transgression, so it's, ba- it's basically you're doing somebody wrong. You're doing wrong to somebody. Or even if you're not doing them wrong, they feel like you did them real wrong. Especially the way you were talking to them. I don't know. They're not happy no more. Ecclesiastes 7.9. Did I read that one? Yes, I did. I should put that one in twice. Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. <coughs> and then the other... Uh, sister verse to this is Colossians 3 8 but now you must put them all away anger wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth this you these things you want to put away because they don't do anybody any good right there's other parts in the Bible where it says that how can uh, fresh water and salt water come from the the same spring they don't we are children of God what comes from our mouths is life and love, and joy, and peace. These other things he's talking about put away, those aren't to be in our mouth. We're not supposed to be doing that. Obscene talk, you can basically use your imagination to figure out what that is. But if you're not lifting somebody up, then why would you say it? Right? If it's if it's not going to lift somebody up, just pass on that. Don't, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say everything you can. Oh, believe me, you do not have to say everything that comes up in your head, okay? And if you do, they're going to come. These guys are going to come with these white coats where they wrap your arms behind your back. If you tell them every single thing you ever think, nah, not a good idea. But the beauty of this is God knows that, what you thought, and he still loves you. He knows what you thought. When you told me, I'd be like, whoa, you know, maybe go to that church over down the street. No, I'm just kidding. But God loves you, and he saw it all. He heard it all, and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I think that's super important. It helps me to get some sleep at night, you know. (laughs) <laughs> to know that he heard it and he still loves me and he always will and he lever, never leaves me or forsakes me because that's what he said to me and he's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind first timothy 2 8 i desire then that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling i think this is saying that when we're upset and when we're quarreling we're not praising the Lord, lifting our holy hands, right? Because we're too busy. We're too busy. We can't see the goodness of God because we're too busy being angry at our brother, sister, or whatever. Or sometimes even God. Sometimes we're, we're angry with him when uh, there's never a reason to be angry with him. Though we may think it. He doesn't take. 
So if people are upset because God is taking something from you, I don't know if anybody heard that song before that we did, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. There's different words. They say he gives and takes away. And that was taken from Job. Job said he gives and takes away, but Job didn't have the Bible. Job is the first book written. Job himself, the, the beautiful thing about the Bible is it tells you exactly what happened. If somebody says something, even if what they said was wrong, it's going to tell you they said that because they said that. And that's how the Bible is. Job said things that were wrong, and the Bible says it. But it doesn't mean that you should build a, um, a doctrine on what Job said because Job didn't even have a Bible. The, the reason why I say that is because you should, Jesus said that it's the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So if something's taken out of your life, it's not God. So you don't have to be angry with him. You don't have to be upset with him. That's not who did it, the enemy. He said, I have come so that you might have life and life abundantly. This, when he says life and life abundantly, he figures it's kind of self-explanatory. So if you're having life and life abundantly, you know it. If something comes into your life and it's not life and life abundantly, it's not from God. He said, I will no longer be angry with you. In the Old Testament, even he said that. And I don't know what that is, but, oh, I know what it is. My kid is playing my phone. Sorry, guys. Um, <coughs> so God is not angry with you, and he's not taking stuff from you. Now, there's a difference. Let's say there's something wrong in my life that is holding me bondage. Let's say that I'm deceived in an area, okay? God's still not going to take it because he's not a thief. He's not going to take it. You can choose to give it to him. Then he'll receive it from your hands, okay? Because he wants to make all things new. He has already made all things new, but sometimes we got to renew our mind to what's new, right? So it's a done deal, but you need to renew your mind and realize what's, what's yours and what's not yours, what you don't have to hold on to anymore because it's a lie, you know? Um, a lot of times people are carrying around dead things that were part of their old life. That's not them anymore. And the enemy will try to tell you, you know, that's, that's, just, that's how you've always been. That's how you're always going to be. You know, you got that from your mama. She ain't never changed, did she? And even sometimes some people who, who have Jesus, um, they haven't got over that, that hurdle yet. So then the enemy's like, well, what about them? They've been a Christian for 85 years. And they're still doing that thing, you know what I'm saying? But that is a lie. That's how he kept them there because they thought they had to stay. You renew your mind to the fact that God has put every good thing inside of you and you don't have to stay in those places anymore. Those are places of, of lies and deception. You are a king and a priest, the Bible says, royal priesthood in the kingdom of God. You're a son of the creator of the, or daughter, of the creator of the universe. It's um, so you every good thing is yours in Christ Jesus. And if it's not good, it's not yours. Drop it. Let it leave it alone. Say bye bye here. God, you can have it. You're a consuming fire. Sometimes it helps me. I don't know if anybody else struggles with anything, but for me, sometimes I get concerns. The concerns of life try to distract me from the goodness of God. And when they do that, I imagine I'm putting the concerns up in my hands like this. And that God's a consuming fire. So, like, if you ever think of the old days, I don't know if everybody knows the story. Maybe I'll just tell it real quick. But Elijah was trying to show that the, the people who were worshiping a different God, a fake God, that God was the true God. So he said, let's have a contest, basically, right? You show, your God show up, my God show up, let's see what, what's up. Right, homie? So he said, they get their altar, they get their altar, and they're putting their, their, their offerings on it, and... The people that served a, uh, a fake God, they were allowed to, you know, 
put the the animal on there and the fire the um I'm sorry the wood and everything and set it up and then they were supposed to their god was supposed to drop fire from heaven boom and burn it up Elijah was and another part of this story is that this is going on in a drought so there's no water nobody has water I mean it's barely any water around right so um he does his and he sets it up too but then he says pour water on it they pour water on it. And this is already looking crazy, loco, you know, pouring water, which we don't have that much of. And he's pouring it on this this thing that's supposed to start on fire. How's it going to start on fire? It's all wet. The wood's wet. Then he says, do it again. So they were like, man, this guy's on crack, but they says, do it again. And then after they do it again, they're like, dude, somebody call. We need an intervention right now, right? Because this guy is crazy. And because he says, do it again. They do it again. They pour water. They pour so much water that there's a freaking, a little puddle around this thing. Like a groove, a puddle of water all around the, the bottom of the, uh, of the thing. Then he starts, because this is a good godly thing to do, right? He starts making fun of the other guy. He does, but that's necessarily. But he says, hey, you know, do things louder, you know, because they cut themselves as part of the religion too. So he's like, you know, get, get excited, you know. Maybe he went to the bathroom. Maybe he fell asleep. You got to get him here. He surely really is a God. Let's get this going, guys. What are you guys doing? So they're going crazy trying to get God, their God to show up, but he doesn't show. And then he, he uh, Elijah calls the fire of God down, and it comes down like, boom, and it licks up the water in the trench around it. The fire licks up all the water. And the good thing about this, too, is that a lot of people say, well, why is God wasting the water? There's barely any water left. Why is God wasting it? Doesn't he understand we need water to drink water? But after this is when it breaks, the, 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 the uh, drought breaks. God brings rain on the land, and everybody has plentiful water. This is another l- whole lesson, but when you, put something, when you give something to God, he, d- he gives it back to you with overflow. You don't have to be like, oh, shoot, I'm going to get robbed. God took it, and now I'm, now I'm without it. Oh. He's going to give it back, and he's going to pour extra on top because that's how he rolls. But the part I was trying to get to, that crazy story, was – that when you put, when I put my hands on, that's what I picture, the fire of God, consuming fire, falling down on my hands and grabbing the stuff that I'm concerned about. Because it's him who's the provider. It's him who's the overflow. He said, I, his name in the Old Testament, one of them is El Shaddai, which means glad, I mean God of more than enough. He's not the, he's not even the God of just enough. He's not a, even the God of I'm going to meet your needs. He's the God of more than enough. That's what he called himself. If he called himself that, I'm going to go ahead and believe that that's who he is. I don't know about you. That's up to you. James 1.19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. This is very important because um, the reason why those go together, slow to anger and slow to speak go together. Because a lot of times you didn't wait for them to finish. You got mad and they went, oh, right? And by the time they got to the end, you say, oh, wait, I don't need to be angry. Why would I take the time to do that? Because it's, it's not even what I thought it was, right? So that's why I'm talking about, too, sometimes the anger is something that you ne- never even needed to go there because they didn't even, they weren't going to go there. But you started speaking too quick. You thought you knew what they were going to say, and you started saying, oh, you son of a gun, or whatever, you know, whatever it is you say when you're happy. I mean, not happy. Angry. Um. When you're happy, not being happy, you know? That's another thing I don't recommend, guys. You know, I've, I've told you guys before, <coughs> sometimes it feels real good when you're in a 
you want to take a pity party and you want to just camp out there and just say, you know what, it's about time I felt sorry for myself. I haven't been doing it enough these days. And today's the day. It's about time. But sometimes you feel that about anger. You're like, hey, I always let these guys off the hook. When are they ever going to learn? I got to be angry. I need to. Got to help them out. Okay? But there's another verse, and I guess I, oh, here it is. James 1.20. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, but in other translations, it does not accomplish the purposes of God either. So sometimes you think you're going to accomplish something with that anger, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to get that guy straight because they're going in a bad way. And if I don't help him out, who will? I got to be mad at that guy, you know? But it's not true. It's not true at all. The Bible says this, the kindness of God draws men to repentance. So when you show the kindness of God is when people say, you know what? I'm really acting like a bunghole. And they're freaking, they're being sweet anyway. They're showing me love anyway. They're showing me love with their actions and not just saying I love you and then treating you like whatever, you know. They're showing me that they love me because it doesn't matter what I say and do. They're still, they're still loving me with their actions. I think it's really important so you guys know what love is. Love is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's when you decide that you're going to treat somebody with love. The way, uh, the way um, Jesus said it is that you treat them the way you want to be treated yourself because you love yourself, right? So if you treat somebody the way you want to be treated yourself, a lot of times my kids come and ask me, what do I do in this situation? What do I do in this situation? And I can just say, what would you want them to do for you? Do that, right? So if you want somebody to be a friend to you, be a friend to somebody who needs a friend. If you want somebody, if you want somebody to forgive you, forgive somebody that doesn't deserve your forgiveness because you know you don't deserve it. We can't pay anybody back. When we made a mistake, it's like Kalani's told me before, when I've said words, it's like a feather that drops. You know, you can't do anything to take it back. It's there. Somebody heard it. You can say, hey, I'm sorry for what I said, but the hurt hit them anyway, right? So that's why you be merciful, you forgive, because there's things you did that you can never take out of that person's heart or mind that got hurt by you. And you have to... You want them to forgive you, right? You want them to move on and to keep loving you. So do the same for others. Love them. Move on for yourself because who's going to be kept a prisoner if you're not forgiving anybody? You're going to be the prisoner of that anger and that resentment, and you're going to cause strife, right? So I hope you guys got something from it. or love you guys.